Hi there, welcome to Victim to Victor, the podcast dedicated to empowering abuse survivors and inspiring healing, hope and positive change. I'm Anu Verma, a published author, and in every episode, I'll sit down with a guest and embark on an insightful conversation about trauma, as well as practical strategies to start the healing process. So let's get started. I hope you enjoy the show. And in today's show, I have Michael Thornhill with me. Michael is the co-founder of Casa Galactica in Peru. Michael is traditionally a trained plant spirit healer, professional channel and advocate of trauma-informed care. Recovering from addiction, trauma and abuse have been a big part of Michael's own healing journey and he now dedicates his life to helping others to heal themselves. Here is our wonderful Michael Thornhill calling us all the way from Peru, my favourite place in the whole wide world. <laughs> How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, thanks, Anu. Thank you so much for, for having me. Absolute pleasure to be here. It's a beautiful morning here in Peru. Sun's just come up behind the mountains and uh, what a great way to start the day having this conversation. Thanks so much. Absolutely. What time is it there now? It's just gone 7am early bird i love it so you are in casa galactica <coughs> no sorry that's your company name whereabouts in peru are you yes yeah, so our company is casa galactica a multi-dimensional center for healing and evolution and that is based in pisac in the sacred valley of peru so this is you kind of think of the incan empire where the incan empire was and then there's a lot of Incan ruins around here, Machu Picchu. But it's really a beautiful land in the heart of the Andean mountains. And we're just really so blessed to, to live here. It's, it's, it's really, uh, really awesome. Absolutely. So you are originally from which part of the UK, Northern Wales? Yes, I'm from, from North <laughs> Wales, just on the coast there, just on the, the northeast coast. We were just joking just before the 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 podcast started about how now being in the dry season in peru i don't have to put up with the the, the rain that's all year round in wales pretty much so nice pretty contrast much. here yeah yeah exactly <laughs> especially up in manchester where we both went to uni so <laughs> it's like rain galore but today it's a lovely day in the uk you'll be pleased to know and uh, i'm really excited to find out more about your journey so tell us michael so um in terms of, first of all, you know, why the move to Peru? Yeah, absolutely. It's not something that I ever really considered or thought I would do. Mainly when I was growing up, my my mother, unfortunately, she was ill for, for most of her life and, and, and most of my life until she passed away just over about nearly six years ago now. And I was the caregiver for her in many different ways, emotional support, many ways physical support which meant that i was never able to venture too far away from from the uk i lived in manchester i lived in london and then eventually i did live in berlin but that only being a couple of hours flight away and i always had a, mm. a sense of adventure and i did do some trips to thailand and further afield from time to time but i was never ever really able to pack my bags leave all of my things and go and um 
that was quite a burden on me to be able to have to look after her in, her in that way because she was quite ill. So it was kind of a juxtaposition of being grateful that I was able to support her, but then also feeling that burden from, you know, probably four or five years old, having to look after a sick parent. So unfortunately, when she passed away, um, like nearly six years ago, there was a whole root of emotions that, that kind of came up. One was a, a, a deep sadness, a very deep sadness. Um, and then there was also a, a sense of freedom on some sense that there was just like, okay, I don't, this, this, this burden here is, it's no longer there. It's not, it's not in the same way, at least. It's not something that I need to be responsible for in terms of this caregiving. And at that period of time, I was, I was very heavily addicted to drugs, sex, work, money, all of the, all of the things which I now were now, now know were numbing the pain of trauma, abuse, and PTSD that were completely unacknowledged and repressed. So when my mother had died, I was also coming into awareness of different levels of addiction within the family, within her life. And also was then seeing that I don't want my path to be like this. And I had from time to time thought about stopping smoking for a few days or not drinking for a week or not smoking weed for a period of time, but it was a very, very short lived, very, very difficult. And what I now know through my experience of, of deep healing and evolution and the work that I do helping others is that any time that I would come off any of these self-medications, then the feelings of trauma and abuse would arise, deep levels of anxiety, social anxiety, PTSD, depression. Therefore, I was keeping myself in this self-medicated state. However, there was a, a very deep calling within me that once seeing death in the face was a really big catalyst for me to recognize, oh, I don't really, I don't really want to die. I don't really want to live fast, die young. That was kind of, and I was kind of coming towards my, just, you know, through my mid twenties to sort of mid to late twenties and having this kind of a realization. So I started getting into meditation and then I started working with a healer who was like a Reiki sound healer. And I started having these very deep spiritual transformations in this experience. And it was quite strange there was also, for me, it was quite interesting because part of the reason that I was actually going to these sound healing sessions, because I, it was a friend who I knew and I found quite attractive, which was also quite, it's a strange way how things kind of were pulling me in that way. Uh, it was just, oh, I should really, I really like this person. I'll kind of just carry on going here and having these experiences. And it was very, it was a very beautiful healing process. And this took me into a path that I didn't expect. I had these very deep spiritual awakenings. I, I contacted with my mother's spirit in the, in the sound healing sessions. This woman also saw that the, my mother's spirit in the session, and I just didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't religious, wasn't spiritual, didn't really know what was going on, but I was a lot of tears, a lot of crying, and the experiences that I was having were undeniable, and I was feeling better on the other side of it. This gave me enough space and time to kind of start recognizing that, that things were shifting and changing. And I just knew I had to keep going. Um, at that point, the, the sound healer that I was working with um, had tried ayahuasca and had told me about ayahuasca, but also told me that I shouldn't do ayahuasca, which for me was then 
was then just like, uh, someone tells me I shouldn't do something. You've just given me an even greater motivation to go and find <laughs> out what that is. And yes, I did my yes. research and worked out what it was. And it's an Amazonian plant brew that can be very helpful with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and a whole host of traumas. So I went forth to this weekend retreat in Berlin with the intention of healing addiction, not even recognizing when I said healing addiction, I was really looking at thinking of healing cocaine and hard drugs. And I was just kind of like, I can't just carry on drinking and smoking, not even, re- not even really recognizing that that's, that's an addiction. And I think as we both know, living in the UK and the culture, that's just such a part of life and growing up and going out at the weekends and those types of things, which was, that was, you know, that was kind of my escape from the matrix in that sense. So I went to this, this retreat with the intention of healing addiction and had this very deep spiritual transformation. I remember the first night when I was when I was going to the bathroom, I, saw, I was seeing Jesus on the wall, and I was just like, "Oh, that's a nice that's a nice picture of Jesus." Just ignore it. I'm just like, I don't relate to Jesus. Thanks very much. Kind of went back to my mat in the ceremony. The ceremonies occur at night, and then I had a very very deep connection with my mother's spirit. And I went back to being born, being back to like lying on my mother's chest after just first being born and had this overwhelming unconditional love that swept through my entire being that I wasn't aware existed. And in that moment, I knew that everything that I was chasing was a synthetic version of the unconditional love that had been long lost and forgotten that was really only really prevalent, probably feels like days perhaps after the birth before the trauma. So that having that experience of what it was like to be born before the trauma and then recognizing then as the trauma got piled on through my life, which I wasn't aware of at the time, which in my case was deep sexual violent ritual abuse, which was something that I've been working through over the last five years of the process. It's not something I think that when people go into these healing experiences, you don't necessarily get hit with all of it at once, thankfully, because sometimes that would be too much for us to be able to process. So at this point in time, I was able to process the deep connection with my mother, the unconditional love. And then the next night of the ceremonies, I had this very deep awakening, connecting with spirit, connecting with different energies. And long story short, I was able to see that the world and the life that I was living was a lie to myself. It wasn't the reason why I was incarnated here. And believe me, I wasn't even, I wasn't, wasn't using or working with the word incarnation at that time. It wasn't the reason that I was on earth. And I could see that every time I was drinking, every time I was smoking, every time I was doing anything addictive in that sense, that I was going away from my true path, that my path was actually being here to help people, to be of service to people. I didn't even really know what that meant. I thought I was going crazy. But I did know that the life I was living, chasing money, working in recruitment, um, living that lifestyle in the rat race was numbing my system and the institutions and the capitalistic structures which I'd found myself in, which were never really true. I wanted to be a DJ. I was always playing music and musician and these types of things, but kind of got sucked in with the, the money grab and starting to think that there would be some freedom there. And I could see very, very strictly and clearly that if I was doing this, I was going to go away from what I'm here to do. And in that moment, I stopped smoking, stopped drinking, stopped doing drugs. And I've not done hard drunk drugs since. Um, I, I smoked marijuana maybe a few couple of times when I went to India as part of the kind of going deeper into the layers. Kind of had a few times where I went back to drinking like lightly in the sense that nothing like it was before. Realized it's not for me. 
um, stop smoking everything. So I would just say that for the, I, I feel free from addiction. I feel free from addiction. That's it. And, and, and this began in the, it began immediately. And that's something that I tried to do for years and it gave me enough space. It gave me enough space after that retreat. I tell you a funny story actually, because I, this, this year that I'd drank ayahuasca, I'd set up my own recruitment company, which was in renewable energy. And we were giving money to charity and we were taking money. And it was about, it was, it was, it was really awesome. And it was, that was part of my spiritual awakening. And we were doing really great, had these great clients and it was just a really great culture. And I was like, yeah, this is it. We're kind of doing it. And I was also not happy there because I kind of got to that point where we, and I was like, okay, there's something still missing, which is also why I drank the ayahuasca. But we had, we had a, a trip to Sicily booked where I booked everyone to Sicily to go to a villa because one of my business partners, um, boyfriends was a, a big DJ and we were going to Italy to have this big party. And I'd done ayahuasca like a week before and I stopped everything. Everyone was partying in the villa and I'm sat outside with a full moon with a singing bowl. Just like, I don't even know what I'm doing meditating. And it was just, it was hilarious. And I, so I had this whole thing where I didn't, I didn't join the party. I just went and traveled around. And then I came back after, after the Sicily trip and went to another ayahuasca retreat. And in that ayahuasca retreat, then I decided that I was just needed to go to India. I went to India to study Reiki and um, to Nepal. I was only supposed to go to four weeks. I decided to stay as in this um, really great Reiki teacher and Reiki master in Dharamshala in the Himalayan mountains nearby where the Dalai Lama is. And it was really amazing learning more stuff around other people who were spiritually awakened and on that path. Studied Reiki and yoga. Um, then was in there for about three months. And then I had a trip booked here to Peru, which I found when I did the, the same night that I did the singing bowl meditation with the full moon with my intention to let go of my old life and manifest a new life. That night I couldn't sleep. I went online and I found a, a course in the jungle to be able to start studying and learning more about how to hold the ayahuasca ceremony. So I went there from India straight to, to Peru, to Peru. That, that journey flying time was like 60 hours. It was like India to Madrid to, to then to Lima. So it was, it was flying for like three days. And then I stayed here um, studying, working, and an apprenticeship uh, in the jungle, working with, in the Shipibo tradition. And then eventually met my wife, Jamie, here, who came and trained with me. We fell in love immediately. And we just like recognized, oh, we were waiting to meet to activate ourselves, do our work. And then, then we eventually started our company, Casa Galactica, here in Peru, where we help people empower their healing, activate their intuition, and embody their truth. And this is our life's work, our passion, our love. It's uh, We joke about this as well. It's a love letter to each other because we look back when we were doing a, a document here, like a legal document, and we actually started our company. It became inscripted on the 14th of February. So I thought we'd just laugh. Now we would say it's a love letter to each other in service to all. <laughs> that really is. Wow, what a story. Have you not written a book yet? <clears throat> <laughs> um, it's, it's funny you say that. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. I think that is a magical story because, and look, um, some of the, you know, some of the kind of things that you've gone through, um, I can really resonate with that. And some of the amazing places that you've gone to, to really transform your, you know, your own teachings and your healings, like, 
you know, Nepal and where you are now in uh, Peru, these are real spiritual places. And for me, they played a huge part in my healing. So, yeah, I can really resonate with you. And I totally understand your journey because, you know, a lot of the times um, we're born into um, a culture or a community and, you know, we feel um, like that, you know, this is our life. But for some people, a community that they're born into or even, you know, location that they're born into, it might not suit them. And I just think what you've done there is so brave, the fact that, you know, you've gone out there to search somewhere where your your home, your community, somewhere where you resonate with and you found it. And now look at you, you just transpired into this amazing being. I just think that's amazing and so inspirational. So yeah, you have to write a book. You need to get your story out there. It's magical. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for the the pep talk and the booster. I really appreciate it as well. (laughs) Hey, no, no worries. And also um, what I wanted to ask you more about is um, like, you know, the healing part of it and ayahuasca because that that all really fascinates me. So um, trauma-informed work, obviously, you know, it, it can go into like therapy work where we're kind of doing sessions with clients on a one-to-one basis. And, you know, we're going a lot more into like exposure of the trauma once they're safe and stabilized, of course. But then a lot of healing can also take place through energy work. Um, so what kind of healing would you say that, that you do with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. I describe myself as a multidimensional trauma-informed plant spirit healer. Mm-hmm. So really what that means to kind of unpack that is working with the multidimensional spiritual realm, which we all have access to. This is not something woo-woo that's just, okay, you have to live in Peru to get this. No, it's just <laughs> exposing yourself to these types of energies and experiences and teachers mm-hmm. enable you to activate that intuition, activate that ability to transverse those different multidimensional realms. So I'm well-versed in this through years of practice, meditation, plant spirit work, and I've honed these skills to be able to access, communicate with spirit, to be able to bring through both verbal channeling, guidance, Mm. spiritual awareness, and then multidimensional healing and energetic transmissions through what are known as Icaros or healing songs or light, light language, various different songs that will come through me that help share different codes of energy that help activate people, awaken people to the the new earth, the new dimensions that are becoming available on earth. Also through shedding those deep levels and layers of trauma. In that space as well, there's a lot of silent transmissions, other different other different ways of, of transmitting energy. But that's all bundled up under the umbrella of trauma-informed care. So that's when you can kind of think of the Western psychological approach, how we kind of make, I'm not a, not a trained psychologist. I've just done a lot of therapy and I've worked with a lot of people and worked with a lot of retreats. And I have a deep, unconditional faith in spirit, how it works through me to help people heal and evolve. And that just means me getting out of the way and allowing these different higher vibrational energies to work through me. I don't have the answers. The higher self, your higher self, whoever I'm working with, you all have the answers and I'm here as a vessel to allow that energy to transmit through. So it's really a a mix of of verbal channeling, uh, energetic transmissions and healing songs in a trauma-informed package that enables people to go to the root level of the trauma to heal it, not necessarily needing to re-experience it all, but to be able to get to a point where that root level is accessed 
And then with the energetic tones and healing songs, we're able to help transform that so that that energy releases, the lesson can be incorporated if there's any lesson that needs to be incorporated so that that can be shifted. So that reflection of trauma no longer needs to show up in our day-to-day life. Thus and therefore, recognizing the liberation and freedom that's already here, and then working to express your joy, love, passion, whatever it is that you're here to do in this lifetime. Or in other words, activate and embody your your soul blueprint or your truth. So I, I work with people in an online setting in this in this way through working on remote sessions via Zoom, which is what I did before the pandemic. Some, someone said to me the other day, it's like, oh, it's great the pandemic come and now everyone knows we can work on Zoom. I was like, yeah, okay, great. I'm glad that people are catching up because this is what we've been doing for a long time. That's, one of the, that's what happens when you live in Peru. No, no, no one's around the corner. <laughs> Not everyone goes home. So you, we've, we've got used to that for quite a while. But yeah, it's beautiful to be able to work in this way with so many people around the world and have such great transformative experiences. And then on the other side in the aspect, when people are just wanting to come to Peru, then this is where we do our most immersive programs where we have our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats. So this is it's more than just an ayahuasca retreat. We do work with ayahuasca. We have four ayahuasca ceremonies over these 10 days, but we work with a whole context of everything that I've just shared before in my one-on-one work. But we do this with groups of just four people. So people get very personalized one-on-one care and attention. And what we find is that we work deeply with people who have experienced very vast and deep levels of trauma that are unable to perhaps work through that in larger group settings that really require the trauma-informed foundation for that healing and evolution, and who are also really interested in opening to their own intuition, opening to the multidimensional world, really just bringing the magic of the universe back to here and now. Uh, as, as occurred for me in my own journey, I was, I was not aware or awakened to any of this. I was in a rat race working at a computer, just trying to make some money so that I could retire and completely shut down to this. So we work with people to help them heal and evolve. This is why it's a multidimensional center for healing and evolution. So people can come to us at the very deep level of wanting to heal trauma. And on the other side is that wanting to experience non-dual realms, connect with spirit, connect with their higher self, understand more about the nature of reality. And what, the, what, what actually occurs is, is something in between that people go through very deep levels of healing and through that healing, through that shedding of those layers, then there's a deep spiritual awakening and recognition of the evolution of the soul. And when that evolution comes up and when those higher vibrations are embodied, then it enables us for any deeper levels of trauma or blockages to love that are no longer resonant with that vibration, that energy to be shed, to be healed so that that higher loving unconditional vibration can be embodied in our love, our work, our life, and our relationships. So you can find all more about that at casagalactica.com. We have so much information on our website. And if anyone doesn't understand everything from this whole whole, uh, session today, you can reach out to me for more information or a free consultation. No worries at all. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Michael, for sharing that. And I think it's an important insight for those who, you know, may not have heard of ayahuasca um, because it's not really that common still. I think, you know, it's quite an untouched um, healing method because I know that, you know, there's legalities in place probably in the UK. I don't know anywhere that does it here. I feel like you have to travel overseas to actually do this properly. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think you asked earlier why we're in Peru. 
Mm. Peru ayahuasca is completely legal. It's a national heritage. So we work openly and freely. Uh, we're a legal registered company that pays taxes, that are completely open about our work. That means that you can come to this country, you can have this deep experience. And we also impart tools for transformation that you can integrate at home and begin to shift those plant medicine experiences into lifelong changes. So yeah, in the UK, in the US, these these plant medicines are illegal. So there are places that do these things, but they're not 100% legal. So just be aware of where you find and how mm. you engage in those types of activities. But what we can mm. say is that in Peru, it's absolutely legal. It's, it's, it's actually uh, saved and guarded and safeguarded and it's a national heritage. So it's a beautiful place to be. And it's so freeing as well to be in a place where... I think, you know, especially from my own experience of of growing up and partying and drugs and always get the kind of going to a nightclub and then being like, oh, I don't, you know, there was one time where I got arrested when I was a, when I was a teenager. Luckily, wow. I was I was fine and I had some drugs on me and it was just kind of like a caution, but I had experience there and I, so it's like for me, we only operate in a in areas where it's safe. I have yeah. no plans on going to jail. I have no <laughs> plans on putting anyone else into yeah. a situation which is dangerous in any way. So it's um, it's really freeing to be in an environment where we're able to do this really deep healing work mm. where it's not, it's not confiscated or it's not, it's not ostracized and it's not illegal. And it's mm. such a big shift from living in the Western world because these, yeah. these plant medicines, which are incredibly healing, are still criminalized and, and, and you can be penalized for these. Oh, interesting. Because um, I know that, you know, for some of the retreats, it's about like drinking this, um, this plant medicine, but I think you can also put it into your blood as well, can't you? So how exactly do you do it? So for the ayahuasca brew, this is a, a, a tea. It's like a tea mm. that you drink. So for the ayahuasca mm. experience, for the ayahuasca ceremonies, for the ayahuasca retreats, it is a concoction of the ayahuasca vine and shakruna. And this is, this is drank. So in terms of the, putting into the blood, this is not ayahuasca, but there may be some wow. other... Uh, compounds such as DMT, which can oh, okay. be injected to people. And these are kind of modern in some scientific studies. Oh, Yet in that sense, the distinction which I wish to make is that mm -hmm. in a lot of these different scientific studies, the chemical analogs of the natural plant medicines are used, which yeah. actually miss out on the main component or a big component, which is the other alkaloids, which are in the plant medicines, right. and then the great dimensional, multidimensional plant spirits. So when you drink the ayahuasca brew, we drink it in, in the evening, just as it's going dark in a safe trauma-informed ceremony setting with just four mm -hmm. people, with my wife and I uh, holding the space. Mm -hmm. And then after about 15 or 20 minutes, or sometimes up to an hour, you'll find yourself going into an altered state. Yeah. So an altered state can be described something like when you drink alcohol, after a little while, you find yourself going into an altered state. So mm. most people can relate to that, yet simultaneously, it's nothing like that. Okay. So you find yourself going into an altered experience, which you can become much more aware and sensitive of the emotions in your body, yeah. of the blockages, of sadness, of pain, of suffering. Okay. You can be transported back to repressed memories 
to childhood events and situations which are unresolved, relationships or partners which you broke up with, things that you've said in arguments that you didn't really mean. You can finally see the other perspective that someone's been trying to tell you all these years. Wow. You can have very deep, humbling moments. And then through this process, there is a, a whole set of symptoms, what we describe as purging, which is the emotions mm. leaving the body, which the famous one for ayahuasca is vomiting and throwing up. Mm. So throwing up into a bucket, but it's nothing like, again, nothing like vomiting from having food poisoning or no. eating too many kebabs or whatever it may be. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a, a really deep spiritual, emotional purge that comes from wow. deep within you that as it leaves your body, for the most part, you immediately feel lighter. So oh, okay. when you, this is leaving the body and there's this feeling of, I can't believe I was carrying that and it yeah. comes out of the body and it's such an incredibly freeing um, experience. Mm. Now I know for me, when I first went to my first ayahuasca ceremony, I was like, I don't want to throw up in front of people. Yeah. And I was waiting, <laughs> I was feeling myself wanting to throw up and I didn't really know what was going to happen. Yeah. And someone else threw up next to me and I was like, oh, finally I can throw up. So as soon as he threw up, I thought that was... After I had the experience <laughs> finally going through the first purge, I was like, okay, wow, that was incredible. Because I was a little bit scared about that purge. I was like, I don't want to throw up. Because most yeah. of my experiences of throw up had been, you know, on a toilet floor and, yeah. you know, having a very <laughs> tough time. So totally, going through totally. that experience yeah. of purging, there's also sweating, there's also yawning, there's also sometimes shaking that comes out the body. So wow. very deep somatic transformation of the body, of the mm -hmm. trauma leaving the body. Just as we spoke about on the other side now from healing and then evolution, yeah. then you can then also experience very deep non-dual states, mm. um, oneness with the infinite creation, different contact with spirits, awareness of other lifetimes, um, and very beautiful experience of oneness with different plant spirits, which is then also taking you closer home to the truth of who you are. So throughout this combination of these experiences, it, it usually lasts anywhere between three to five hours the ceremonies and the effects can last a, a little bit longer but we always stay we stay around with people in the ceremony space everyone has walkie talkies in their room everyone is uh, completely cared and looked afterwards we never leave everyone until uh, everyone's ready to kind of be grounded and and go to, to bed and then we're, we're just on site just around the corner so we're available for people 24 7 but what the what the awesome thing about this is like well i think there's a lot of awesome things but i'd say what one of the my my favorite things and what's been so transformational for me is is that we heal deep deep levels and layers of trauma that could take many years even decades with 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 trauma therapy and I'm speaking from this for someone who did a lot of trauma therapy before working with ayahuasca and someone who's also done a lot of trauma therapy after working with ayahuasca and now also works helping people heal trauma. So in the way that when we work multidimensionally with spirit and ayahuasca and plant medicines, and also in the way that those are transmitted in my online trauma healing sessions, but I'm going to talk about ayahuasca here, specifically the plant medicines it takes you through an experience that would take so long for you to process on your own that it catalyzes your experience of whatever you're here to experience on earth. It helps you shift those time. So shift those timelines, shift those experiences to use my own experience, living in addicted to drugs, working, running a business. It would have probably took me four or five years to go through that whole experience to recognize and realize that I still wasn't happy. Then maybe had a heart attack from doing too much cocaine to then recognize I had to change something. So I drank ayahuasca, saw that this was completely um, not alignment for me, 
had the courage to then change and go on these, this spiritual awakening and then through my own higher self have these different synchronicities that are available to help me integrate these experiences and continue on this path. So this is available for us here and now as we see the world shifting and transforming, the old structures crumbling, many different levels of fear coming up on the planet as things are changing, the economy changing, the shift, the war, COVID, all of these different things. The invitation is now for us to really go deep within and begin to transform. Ayahuasca is not the only way to do this. This is something that we work with here because of the aforementioned benefits that I've experienced in my life and countless others who've come and worked with us. But I think the invitation is to people is, where, where am I doing my work right now? How am, I, how am I transforming? How am I able to embody that freedom here? Because in my experience, the world is shifting at a rapid rate and we're going to be shifting into a world that we're not even going to recognize. It's going to be so much more compassionate, so much more unconditionally loving, so much more multidimensional. The different, the different contexts and things that we're talking about, about multidimensional realities are going to be more commonplace. There's going to be more and more people experiencing these things, more and more people channeling, more and more people telepathic more and more people stepping into service to others. So the question is, why am I here? What am I here for? And then taking those steps towards it. And for everyone who's experienced trauma out there who's listening, it's just, you know, I I've been the victim and we don't have to stay there. Don't have to stay there. At some point on that healing journey, at some point in that healing journey, it begins to shift and, mm -hmm. and you move from that surviving to thriving. Yeah. So anyone out there who's feeling a little hopeless, anyone out there who's just really in the depths of that trauma, I can tell you, I know what it feels like to, to not want to live. I know what it feels like to think that my whole life is going to be healing this trauma. Mm -hmm. I know what it feels like to be completely desperate and hopeless, but just reach out to help, begin to go to a support group, reach out to a therapist, listen to podcasts like this, listen to, go back and listen to all the episodes because I'm sure mm -hmm. there's, there's so many inspiring stories on here. Know that you're not alone and begin mm -hmm. to transform because you've got so much love to share. Wow, that's touch mark. Thank you so much. That's amazing. And um, and I think again, you know, you mentioned something about the fact that you know ayahuasca has this ability to um, bring up stuff which you probably didn't even realize existed. And I guess a lot of that could even be intergenerational trauma because a lot of that we, we don't know what happened to our ancestors. You know, why sudden? You know, why are we depressed in this day? You know, and and even if we look back at our childhood, there might not have been any significant events, but yet you know you're traumatized, and it's like why because a lot of it does get passed to us through our DNA. And I think something like ayahuasca could really help in un uncover this. Yeah, I, th I think I'd just like to highlight that in my experience, the original trauma is separation. In other words, being born. That mm. we go from this unified oneness experience of seeing all of our other lives, knowing that everything is infinite, knowing everything that is unconditional love, and then we choose to incarnate on earth and other experiences, but we'll just talk about earth here to mm. experience separation so that we can learn lessons that we can heal and grow and come back to that unconditional love and oneness. Yeah. Yet for many of us, some of us don't even wake up in the lifetime until we've passed over to recognize yeah. that it is all a dream that we are all in unconditionally loved and we all are infinite. So the original separation for anyone who's saying, I don't have that much trauma yeah. My experience is that if we believe that we're separate from the infinite creation, that in itself is traumatizing because we believe ourselves to be separate. And mm. that's an illusion. It's not the truth of who we are. So this coming home to who we are is the recognized recognition of our unconditionally loving self that's never left the infinite oneness. Mm. So 
these different levels of experience and traumas which we experience on earth are varying different levels and degrees of separation, whether it might not be picked up enough as a child in, in the cot, where it might not be fed enough food, where there might have been different punishments as a child, through to being bullied, through to also uh, sexual abuse or violent abuse or war or other things like this. So this is just varying different levels and layers of this separation. Yeah. So that's that's my experience uh, of what we can go back to the real root when we recognize that we're connected to all things, when we recognize mm-hmm. that we're part of that infinite stream of consciousness, those different wounds begin to heal at the root cause because when we recognize that unconditional love and that oneness, the steepness of that trauma can no longer stay as strong and it begins to dissolve away. And ultimately, that's why the work that we do here is so much based within the multidimensional realm and that when, when we're doing the trauma healing work, when I'm working with people in my online trauma healing sessions, mm-hmm. it's from the get-go bringing into these awarenesses to people to whatever level people are able to experience this. You don't need to be fully believing in everything I'm saying to be able to experience the benefits of working with us. But what I find with most of my clients, the big deep transformations is when people start to step into that awareness, just as I did. Oh, it's unconditional love is available to me here and now. Oh, wow. There's this different multidimensional realms. There's more than what's meets the eye to this life that can be incredibly healing. And that's, that's what we're able to transmit and help people to, to, to learn, heal and grow in that way. Beautiful. And you can also help with addiction as well, because that seems to be a very common um, occurrence here in the UK in particular. Um, so many people addicted to many different substances and just even to, you know, work to their devices Addiction is huge at the moment. Um, so would you do, do this kind of work with um, addiction as well? Yeah, the type of clients that I really work with are people who are heavily addicted or addicted in some ways that are depressed, anxious, perhaps have eating disorders, are aware of trauma, consciously aware of trauma, sexual violent abuse, um, sometimes working with people who've been in war situations or, or other PTSD situations and things like this. So there's there's the whole context, what I would say of people who are aware of the trauma and people who come to me to work with trauma so that they're aware of specific events in their life. And then the other side of things is people who are experiencing what I would describe as the symptoms of separation, which is anxiety, depression, PTSD, not being able to hold down a job, not being able to have a really loving relationship, being depressed, anxious, jealous, all angry, whatever these might be. So people come to me with those those symptoms of separation. Then we begin to unpack what that is, which ultimately usually is some unresolved trauma. And then also... uh, a closed downness from the truth of who they are. So that in itself is traumatizing, not really embodying the life of who we are. And again, just to kind of talk about, you know, our shared experience of li- living in the UK, that there is there is a great deal of of addiction, the, the big party scene, uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, uh, and this is this is the way that m- me and my friends when I was growing up dealt with that trauma. Mm, uh, living and working, striving, working 80 hours a week, trying to make it by trying to trying to live up to society's expectations. Mm. And at the weekend, trying to do everything what society doesn't expect to kind of counteract mm. that and, and kind of rebel and have that release and that freedom. And yeah. I think that for me in those experiences, especially when I was taking MDMA and going to clubs and being out with friends and partying for days, it was that experience of oneness. 
It was listening to the music. Yeah. It was being there without thought so much, being there in that oneness, feeling open-hearted yeah. and connected beyond the inhibitions where we normally don't share about how we're truly feeling. Yeah. Obviously, that was in a very distorted way and was negative health impacts. Mm -hmm. And now going through these deeper levels of spiritual awakening, recognizing that those states and experiences are available to us through meditation, through yoga, through plant medicines, through other experiences which actually help us shift and transform rather mm -hmm. than the aforementioned, which are then to repress the symptoms so that you don't go to the root cause. So some people have asked me, well, if you had an experience of addiction, how do you know that you're, you know, you're not addicted to ayahuasca? One, I don't drink ayahuasca that often in terms of throughout the, the year of experience or when I'm not working with people. My, my work was with training and holding space for people. Mm. But some people have asked that about, what, how, is it, how is that different? Mm. One, plant medicines are not drugs. Some people no. think that plant medicines are drugs. And it's no, no blame or shame in that because many governments label yeah, that as a drug. They so do. That's, it's, it's, it's labeled <laughs> in that same container, but it's not. It's, mm. it's something that's healed to help people heal and evolve. Yeah. Now, ayahuasca takes us to the root core of our issues and helps us to purge them, to release them, to mm. recognize the truth of who we are, where drugs or pharmaceuticals in, in some aspects mm. as well are there to repress the symptoms, which mean that we never really get better and then we become reliant upon that substance to, to, to be at a level which is why with antidepressants, while well, they can be very, very beneficial to help people level out through these experiences, unless it's done alongside with some deeper level of trauma healing work, mm -hmm. people just end up having to up their dosage to be able to stay in that equilibrium state. And then yeah. ultimately, for many cases of people that I've worked with, find themselves actually experiencing more symptoms of separation and depression because of the mm -hmm. side effects that come along with these pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So. That's really what the work that we do with plant medicines. Plant medicines go to the root cause to pull it out at the root cause so it doesn't regrow. It doesn't, okay. doesn't transform. So it's kind of getting that really, really out at the, at the very deep archaeological root of where that trauma may be. And that can be across multiple lives. That mm -hmm. can be ancestral trauma. That can be repressed trauma from childhood, which is very difficult to access for the majority of us who are not necessarily open and awakened. Now, yeah. we teach through all the work that we do that everything that you do with plant medicines is available within your own consciousness. Mm -hmm. So once you've had that catalyst, part of the program that we teach here in Peru is helping people to access these states of being through their own consciousness, through your own meditation, so that you don't have to return to plant medicines all the time to be able to do this deep healing work, which can then transform and inform the way that you work with your therapist, transform in the way that you work in different other healing modalities. Ah, so true. So what, what would you advise for those who may be um, on the fence about this at the moment? Um, so would you advise to maybe schedule in a one-to-one -one consultation with you? Yeah, I think that's I think that's I think that's a great idea. Thanks, Anu. Mm. Yeah, go to our website, casagalactica.com, check out our ayahuasca retreat page, go to our growth portal where we've got a load of other podcasts as well, talking about similar things today, but other topics as well, deep levels of experience with ayahuasca, transformation, spirituality. Um, but yeah, go ahead and go ahead and book a free 30-minute call with us. You can find that free consultation button in the header, uh, sorry, the footer of our website and the contact buttons and yeah, we, we can connect and talk about your own personal situation because, you know, ayahuasca is not for everyone. You mm. potentially might have some pharmaceutical medications that you're taking that you would have to abstain from for a period of time whilst yeah. you're coming to work with us. There may be some perhaps psychological conditions that you may have or history that means at this current time in your life, it may not be safe for you to drink ayahuasca. So safety and integrity is the 
highest priority for us at Casa Galactica. And we have a very in-depth pre-health and pre-retreat health and wellness screening questionnaire, uh, pre-retreat um, session, online session, preparation session. So we go very much in depth to your own personal situation. So if you're unaware about how that can benefit you before you want to go ahead and book a retreat, you can also just schedule a free consultation and we'll talk about your own personal situation, what your intention is, how it can benefit for you. And really all we're here to do is help you make an informed choice. Because mm-hmm. if ayahuasca is for you, it can be a beautiful and very catalytic transformation. And we're absolutely delighted to hold space and help you heal and evolve and share all that magic and love with the universe that you're here to do and to move through that, that trauma that's just been shifting. It's time for you to, to find that truth. We're here to, so happy to do that in that way. Wow. If it's not for you, we're also available online. Jamie, yeah. we do different intuitive readings and channeling readings and things like this. But then just know that whatever that path is for you, it will, it will reveal itself. Just stay true to your intention. Just know that you're, that you're supported through this process. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. And how else can my um, listeners connect with you on socials? We are, we're not on social media. We deleted our social medias about two and a half years ago. And it was the most liberating thing that we've done and the best thing that we did for our business. And it was like jumping off a cliff and we didn't know what was going to happen. But we've had so much, so many more deep relationships and connections with client creating long form content such as this. And it's been really beautiful for us. So you can go ahead though and sign up to our newsletter on our website because this is where we share all of our our content. But Mm -hmm. you'll also get some great, gift straight away to your inbox you'll get a five-hour fundamentals of healing trauma workshop which is available when you sign up to our newsletter this is where i'll go very deep into the topics of of healing trauma and also there's a multi-dimensional healing ceremony where you get to experience some of the healing icaros and songs and go into meditative state and be able to experience that we also then have a beginner's handbook to strengthening your intuition written by my beautiful and amazing wife, Jamie, who's wow. an amazing intuitive medium, which is, gives you steps straight away how you can start activating your already intu- innate intuition. And then also we'll give you 20% off a first session with us online as well. So go ahead and start, sign up to the newsletter, browse our website, feel free to contact us, make the most out of us, enjoy all of the different content that we share. And yeah, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions as well. There's a contact form as well. You can just write us an email. Thanks oh, I love so that. That's so liberating. You're relying on emails bog standard emails what happened to that you know we've just got so um sidetracked into uh, connecting purely with our socials so <laughs> just think back to basics <laughs> oh that's yeah. amazing so thank you so much so i will be adding um the link onto this podcast episode and uh, please yeah. do get in touch with michael if you have any questions about our discussion today or if you'd like to find out more about his services i'm sure he'll be happy to hear from you thanks again michael it's been an absolute honor to have you here and again it just by talking to you and just seeing the mountains behind you it's just kind of taken me back on this spiritual journey back to peru so i feel like you know the fact that we can connect via these platforms, it's just amazing because it really does, you know, take us somewhere, somewhere special. So thank you. No, you're both welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to all your listeners. Absolute beautiful experience to be here. I'm very, very humble and grateful to, to be a part of this. So thank you so much. That's lovely. So that's all we've got time for today, my dear friends. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back with another episode with you very soon. Until then, stay blessed. We love you. 
thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Victim to Victor. Subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes and be sure to follow the podcast on socials to keep updated on what's next and share Victim to Victor with family and friends to help grow the community and spread the positive healing energy.